Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and we have recovered from what was a pretty good but sort of somewhat controversial Super Bowl 56 that saw the Rams overtake the Bengals on what were some, at best, interesting or at worst, highly inconsistent uh, fouls at the end of the game. But before we dive into our breakdown of the Super Bowl, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the fi- where the next fire coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs so head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get started it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Remember, head over to the website and use or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E AV. All right, gang, this is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polling, and this is our breakdown of Super Bowl 56. All right, what is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Will Polian. The Super Bowl hangover has officially worn off as we make the march into President's Day weekend. I think some of us on the pod are still a little riled up about the last few minutes of the game. How are we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, Good, we're thank doing you. we're doing well. It's uh, and we, you know, there are quite a few things we need to talk about about that ball game. True. So to set the menu of events on today's show, we're going to spend the first part kind of talking through uh, the events of the Super Bowl and then get Bill's insight on some of the coaching hires uh, that happened through this last cycle as we begin our flip into my favorite part of the year, uh, the the road to the the paper mache Lombardi trophy and the offseason <laughs> as it has begun. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which until this time of year, Sits on Bill's shelf in a in a Hellman's mayonnaise jar. Hey, this is well, the part of the year where I think we actually have a chance of winning a championship. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's right. Alex Marvez is the custodian of the, oh, he's uh, custodian, uh, Alex. Of the paper mache Lombardi. Okay, trophy. all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to pull Alex in in here one, one day uh, to 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 do the cer- to do the ceremony. <laughs> and 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 that would be akin to Bill's version of pro football teams winning the press conference. Right. That's correct. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's the exact analogy. Um, going to the Super Bowl, a couple of things um, that are extraneous to the game. Um, but 
I think worth mentioning. Uh, first of all, I I I should you know truth in lending. <laughs> I, I almost never watch whether what my team was in it or not, or whether I was in the stadium or not. Um, I almost never watch uh, the pregame show, and and never ever watch the halftime show i know that um so with that as 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 prologue um my only concern ever about the pregame show has been that the anthem be respectful so that everyone no matter what their political persuasion no matter what their race creed color religion you know uh, recognizes that it it's representing all of America, and, and, and that's that's ne it, I've never ever had any uh, concern about that. And so kudos to the NFL this year uh, for doing a great job in 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 that regard. Yes, beautiful. Uh, hey, the choir was a nice touch. The choir, I thought maybe we yes. have the choir all the time. Yes, and, nice. and, and 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 it just shows you that. There, other than the Boston Pops, I mean, there are other ways to do it that are still respectful. Yeah. Um, and and so um, that was great. Uh, I thought that the NFL missed a great opportunity to highlight what is really, for those of us that are football historians and those of us who work in the NFL and take great pride in the fact that the NFL was the first sport to integrate before Jackie Robinson yeah, um, did not do more to honor the memories of Kenny Washington and Woody Strode and Bill Willis and, uh, and Marion Motley. And the fact that they were directly associated with the two teams in the game, the Rams and, uh, and, Paul Brown's Cleveland Browns, Paul Brown being, of course, the founder of the Cincinnati Bengals after he left the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I thought that it would be very appropriate to have their heirs be part of the coin talks, and they were not. They were mentioned in the broadcast, yeah, but I thought the NFL missed a big opportunity there to point out the history of the NFL and the fact that uh, uh, and the NFL was the first sport to integrate. And um, so, you know, small thing, but uh, if, you're a, if you're a historian and you care about the NFL, it's not a small thing. I recognize that the pregame show is a show. It has nothing to do with the football game. Um, but I just thought they missed a great opportunity there. Um, the, the thing that I've always believed and, and echoed, Coach Levy, when, when, in talking about this, the just tell us where to be and, and what time, and, 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 right. and we'll show up and we'll be on time. Yeah. So I've never worried as a participant in the game what went on with the halftime show or the pregame show. Just tell us where to be and we'll, we'll be there and we'll be on time. Um, but the, the 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 fact that the two teams had been introduced, the anthem had been sung and played, which is always emotional for the participants. 
Uh, it's not unlike the Olympics. You know, when, when you, you look at uh, our athletes on the podium, many in tears, you know, when the, when the anthem is played because they recognize that they're representing their country. Um, uh, to, to have the teams lined up, ready to go, and have the rock come out and do whatever the hell it was he did. <laughs> I've been waiting for this all week. Yep. Yep. Just I'm almost speechless. I yeah. mean, I don't know what that was, what it was supposed to mean, what he said or shrieked into the microphone. <laughs> all I know is I saw the players on both sides shaking their heads and jumping up and down like, let's go, come on, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, and it just proves that, as someone once said to me with respect to the uh, famous wardrobe malfunction, if you give theatrical producers an inch, they will take a mile, and that's <laughs> what they did here. But to have the teams out there ready to play on the field, on yeah. the field, standing yeah. there while this guy went through whatever it was he was doing, I had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it, was the, it was It was sort of the Michael Buffer. Uh, it was it was so like the teams had already been introduced, right? Exactly. They didn't need uh, reintroduction. The fans was, knew that it was the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, uh, you know, I hope with what they had to pay for tickets, they knew that. The, uh, but your timing right. I mean, was, was unbelievably. It was, just, it was just it was just terrible, and and the announced crew then were just saying how fabulous it was. They went on to praise it. Well, well I don't give a damn what they said. I mean, it's not there. I, I could care less. I, I'm saying, but, uh, but, but I'm saying. Yeah, but that, I mean, it wasn't an, I mean. But think about this. Think about this. Any physiologist will tell you that the worst thing you can do for an athlete is to have him stand around. Standing is very fatiguing. These guys are out there ready to go. I'm being serious about this now. Yeah. These guys are out there ready to go. We're, we, we got people in the league office talking about how dangerous the punt is. I think they're way off base. But the, the fact of the matter is these guys are going to go down and cover a kickoff. Right. And it may be returned. There, there, may, there, there may be physical contact on the play. And they're ready to go. They're out there ready to play. The, the show is over, right? The coin has been tossed. The anthem has been played. The teams have been introduced. They've had all the, the falderall and all the theatrics that, that anyone can dream up. And then these guys are out there are ready to go. Yeah. And some yeah. guy who... Owns a rival football league. <laughs> is doing a wrestling speech. Something. I, still, I don't know what yeah. the hell he did to this day. What was it? It <laughs> it was essentially his wrestling sort of monologue or promo before the Super Bowl, which had they done that before they introduced the teams, that maybe makes sense, right? Like it if, doesn't make sense, but I don't, it wouldn't worry me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, it's just, right. it's part of the show. He's going to introduce the teams. It is what it, because remember it's last just, year, yeah, they had just, him do it on video. It's just I part think of it the, was an yeah, odd spot. It's just part of the hype, but the hype should be over when the players are supposed to take the field. That's exactly if you right. Watch when the players yeah, I mean, take the field, this, this is, the nonsense is over. Right. This is, this is right out of American Pie. The players tried to take the field, but the marching band refused to yield. And you get you the go. marching bands the hell out of there. But you yeah. could tell it was dorking up 
the Bengals, because the, the camera angle was more on the Bengals kickoff team. Yes. Who didn't yes. seem to know. It also seemed like the league didn't tell the teams this was going to happen, where it's like the Bengals players are like, let's just go. And I turned to Jen yeah. and said, if Matt kicks us in bounds, you watch. This is Devin Hester part two. <laughs> that brings back a bad memory. But, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But, but but the 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 very incongruousness of it yeah. in the in the in light of the fact that these guys are going to go down and cover a kickoff, it, it's not only tone deaf, it's dangerous. Yeah. They're standing around there. I it, you know, if I were a coach, I, I don't know whether the coaches were told this was going to happen or not. I wouldn't have put my team on the field. Yeah. I would have had them stay on the sideline and kneel. Well, and if you remember, I mean, this happened in the championship game where Buffer was actually still un- doing the let's get ready to rumble while the ball, yeah. while the 49ers kicked off to the Rams in the championship game. So this is not a isolated. This, this, this seems this to was, be a trend. This was the attempt to out-buffer Buffer is what yeah. they were doing. And this is, yeah, I mean, what we're saying is, this is where the show well, business Well, this is a part, trend that needs to be stopped. Right. No. Yeah, I'm not. Show I'm, business is taking over the sport, you know, in the biggest game of the year. I mean, at some point, the hype, the game, you know, the show biz part has to stop. And you're going to play yeah, football. And, yeah. We need to play football and we need to let the players play football in a safe way. Not standing. I don't know how long it took. It seemed like forever for me, but I, I, I had no idea what he was what he was doing. So, uh, it, it, you know, I don't know that the timing is, is right or wrong in, in my mind, but the fact of the matter is standing around like that is, is, is not good for the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that, that at the next owners meeting, somebody stands up and says, uh, you know, please, once the players take the field, can we play football? Yeah. Um, Anyway, that <laughs> it, 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 it's a small thing, but again, honest if I were to God, a coach, knowing yeah. what I know about the physiology, I'd pull the players off the field and say, "Kneel down. Let me know when you're finished." Well, and let's say that led to some sort of weird competitive advantage, where maybe the Bengals do a freaky onside kick to open the game, and the Rams are distracted. Maybe Mac kicks it in bounds, and you get a return. It could have had a weird impact on the game, especially a game that was that tight. It very definitely could. It was. It very but, definitely. You know, could. and and yeah, one last thing. You know, even just watching it as a TV program, it was so startling and and you know ill placed. That it, it it disrupted just even as a fan, you're you you're building up to wanting to watch this kickoff, yeah. and they just yeah. threw, they just threw that in there out of nowhere. And first of all, we went on longer about the. I thought he's there to cheer for the Rams the way he started out, and then he kind of threw in the. It, it just was bizarre and and inappropriate. It would have well, been fine if he had done it if they had placed it when the teams are running out. I, being yeah, out. I mean. Isn't the Super Bowl itself enough? But then that's the show. It made no sense where it was placed. Yeah, that's exactly right. The, the show yeah. and show business should not intrude into the football. on the football game. Yes. No. It, 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 you know, and we all recognize, those of us in the league, I think, and, and who've been in the league and have been in the game, all recognize what one of our Buffalo players famously said to me during or the run-up to Super Bowl 25, hey, Bill, don't worry about 
this or that. We're just the clowns and jugglers here. And, 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 and right. you know, that's very true <laughs> in the larger scheme of things. And I recognize I recognize that all that that showbiz part of it yeah. is 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 part of the justification for the for the price of tickets and the fact that it's a uh, that it's a, uh, uh, you know, a special event and what have you. I get all that. Yeah. But uh, don't intrude on the game. Let right. the players play. Uh, yeah. Don't have them standing around while yeah. some, you know, whether it's Michael Buffer or the Rock, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell does he have to do with the with with, with a football game? Yeah. yeah. It's not a wrestling match. Thank God. You know. <laughs> uh, well, um, some, sometimes some when they don't make the calls. <laughs> some of us do like that. Well, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Speaking of calls. Um, once again, although I can't put, I can't pin this on analytics. Um, I, I presume there were that, that the Bengals coach had other ideas in mind. And, uh, as you, as you pointed out, Scott, you know, he might've opened with an onside kick instead he opened an empty and, um, and, and tried to throw the Rams. Uh, off track with that, but then went for it on fourth and one at midfield. Yeah. yeah. Uh, barely into the game. Uh, obviously missed and uh, uh, with a pass and not a run. The pass is more dangerous than a run. It less less success in the pass than the run. And, uh, and, and gives the Rams 40 yards that they didn't earn. And and they go down and score a touchdown, and he's behind the eight ball. Now, I I understand why he might have done it because if you looked at the film leading up to the game, the one thing you would say was the biggest discrepancy between the two teams was the you know, the fact that the Rams' defensive line had a huge advantage over the over the Bengals' offensive line. So. I can understand maybe he figured I'm going to get an early score, knock them back on their heels, and 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 put ourselves in a position to to uh, uh, perhaps get a jump on them. Understandable, but you got to understand the other side of it. That if you miss, you fail. The odds are something bad is really going to happen because you're giving the other team 40 yards that they haven't earned. And so two things come to mind. The first is that modern day coaches don't understand the value of yardage. They all need a, they all need a lesson from Bill Parcells on the value of yardage in football games. That's what it's about is gaining yards. And, and if you hand the other team 40 yards that they haven't earned, you've really put yourself in a bad position. So that's number one. Number two, what really frosts me is that virtually no one in the media called that out. Yeah. It's now accepted that, quote, being aggressive, close quote, is a good thing. It's not. That's a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be counted as such. 
if you go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three, and don't punt the ball in outside of an end of game situation, which they were right to do so at the end of the game, the Bengals, um, then then uh, uh, it should be counted as a turnover because that's what it is. And, and this idea of, oh, it's great. So let's be aggressive. Sure. Wonderful. You're down seven nothing. Well, you know, especially in the day when field goal kickers, you start out there, the chances that you're going to get enough yardage to get give up three. You're just giving them three it's points. An, it's yeah. inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the, you're giving them three points. Well, That's why I say. How, how many fourth and one plays do you love in a game like that? Because, you know, thinking it through, if that was maybe their favorite fourth and one call, maybe you would have liked to have that call again later in the game instead of the two P rhyme runs. Where, where it's where it's really more important than than right than to open it but my point is that this kind of of stuff has become accepted in, in the larger football universe including the media and fans when it's really it's really nonsense it's a turnover when you miss now let's go back Kansas City Bengals Five seconds left in the half. Take the points. Take the points. Now, Andy was wrong. He almost admitted this uh, as much. Uh, he should have kicked the field goal. Six seconds, as we've talked about on this show before, is, right. is, is the magic number. So go kick the field goal. And secondly, Mahomes was wrong because he should have thrown the ball out of bounds and saved some time on the clock to kick the field goal. So two wrongs. Uh, make a big time wrong. Yeah, no right. <laughs> there's no right about it. Yeah. If they kick the field goal and everything else transpires as it did, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and not the Bengals. That's what's at stake here. Yeah. I go back to Colts uh, Bills two years previous, right? Uh, fourth down. Analytics says go. They have a play they think is good. The play turns out to be good. The quarterback overthrows the ball a little bit. The receiver had to make an Andre Reid Hall of Fame catch to make it a touchdown. He doesn't. And as a result, the Bills lose the game by two points. Right. You know, that's what's that's what's at stake here. And at very least. At very least, people ought to recognize that when you miss, it's a turnover. Yeah. That, it is not yeah. just a miss. Oh, he was aggressive and he missed. No, right. you turned the ball over when you shouldn't have. Bill, and I think we also, again, have to recognize what analytics is and that using broad spectrum analytics, even if you're doing it in the way it predicts, has nothing to do with the success on any one individual play at any time. It, you can't there. You it, it is irrelevant if it, if this works X number of times out of Y. It you know it, it's not those players. It's not those field conditions. It's not you know where it is in the game. It, it they don't have that stuff. They just look at oh well if you try four times this is how many times you're going to make it and we've seen it fail and and hurt things. For that team again and again and again. And they Well, that's right. My point is that we've lost sight of the fact that 
that the failure rate is is you know to 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 uh, to, to borrow and 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 convolute an old Joe Paternoism. Failure in these cases is sometimes fatal. Yeah, you know, yeah. Joe always said, uh, you know, yeah. victory is not final and failure is never fatal. Well, you go for it on fourth and one. The likelihood is that the result may be fatal. Yeah, and there's and, 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 sorry, there's, th- and there's three other bad things that can happen. I mean, the thing that made me wonder is. Because to me, it's a bigger question, right? This is a more like a 30,000 foot view question about sort of football philosophy and approach to the game. And you wonder if in this era of people being more aggressive in these situations, being more driven by analytics, throwing to be able to run, uh, if you're going to give birth to maybe a few coaches who are going to have that 86 parcels mentality, who are going to say, take the yardage, don't turn the ball over, run the football, stop the run. That's a formula that we can consistently win with. You just wonder if something something new, old is new again trend is going to come to the NFL <laughs> and see a lot of success. Well, um, my hope is that it, that it would because that's how you play winning football. Right. Uh, you don't turn the ball over. That's number one. Everyone knows and agrees. I don't, I don't think anyone argues that the team that turns the ball over most is likely to lose the game in, in, in a 90% range, by the way, if you want to use analytics yeah. over time. Yeah. So when you turn when you miss on fourth and one at midfield, that's a turnover. Yeah, it is. That's, that's my point. It's a turnover and, and, and broadcasters and, and, and writers and, and, Analysts have to recognize that. Right. It's not a gamble that failed. It's a turnover. Right. It's not and, so what. Mm-hmm. And and a punt is a turnover, but a punt puts the ball 40 yards farther down the field. The, the Rams would have started so, wh- somewhere you, inside the 10. Yeah. Right. It's a 40-yard swing. Versus here's a gift. Here's here's a gift. And and but, if they had and if they had made that. That you know, they still to, have to drive. I mean, come on. But to me, it's also like a football philosophy thing, just in the sense of I don't think it's that different than it was pretty obvious in the second half of that game. This is going to be a field position and defense game, and the whole world knows we're probably going to run Joe Mixon to death on first and second down, but screw it, that gives us the best chance to win at this point. Let's just do it. Yeah, that's exactly and they didn't right. do it. And they didn't do it. Yeah. It was yeah. just like every drive, you'd be like. Mixon needs to touch the ball on first and second down. Mixon needs to touch the ball on first and second down, and they just wouldn't do it. So to me, it's it is a football philosophy question. I think. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And 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 you know, I it just the object is to win the game. Yeah. In, the, in the mortal words of Herm, right? Herm, yeah. the object is to win the game, not to not to not to be aesthetically pleasing, not to have great football theater. The object is to win the game. And in that game, way more than at any other time during the season. That's, I mean, the playoffs are one and done. And the Super Bowl is that your chance to write your name in the history books. And and that, if ever there was a time to, to play sound football, that was it. Now, I understand, I can understand they were, when you looked at the matchups, 
you said to yourself, "Whoa, the Bengals really, really are behind the eight ball here. This is this is this is a tough matchup." So I can understand, you know, the coach saying, "Well, let's go. You know, we'll take a chance here. At, at worst, it costs us three points. In in the end, it costs seven. But um, was that the time to take a chance? I don't think so. I don't think you hand the other team points, which in that situation." With the Rams field goal kicker, with the weather conditions the way they were, you don't hand the other team three points. And, and, and played okay on defense on the possession beforehand. You know, yes. the, the first two plays were good, but then you settled into the game, played good defense that looked like the rest of the football game. So, right. you know, right. and when, so when you talk about football philosophy, when you look at the coaches that are doing it, you know, it's the young coaches. And the question is, Bill, has, somebody seems to have put this idea in their head that they are ushering in this new era of how to play smart football and that is analytics-driven and that they should take chance after chance after chance and blow have it blow up in their face. But they're, it's young, it's hip, it's the new way to do things. Well, that may be the way it's being construed by, by the media. Um, I know from having talked to coaches at length that there are good things that analytics gives you. And we've always done. We, we just have, uh, I'm echoing a, a, a friend who's a general manager. He said to me, all we're doing today is what we did 20 years ago. We just have more information and better ways to analyze it. And it's helpful. It's not the be all and end all. You, you, you're not guided by it. You know, you're not, you, you shouldn't be guided by it except as a as an input but it's helpful and i i get that i get that and and have always practiced that actually but the fact of the matter is that this is being construed as you say rick as some incredible philosophical divide that's taking place in football when in fact nothing could be further from the truth yeah and and, the, and again bill though the way you, I understand there, the, the, you're able to uh, create more and more specific data than you did. But again, before, when you were using analytics, you were using it in the broader sense as to here is our, you know, we're, we're putting this together. There's a philosophy underlying this. You weren't, even if you had had numbers, you weren't saying, I'm going to make this one play call based on what numbers tell me. You, you were going to look at larger things. The, the, the situation in the game, the opponent, the matchup, you know, it, 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 you, you didn't make those decisions just based on numbers that somebody gave you when, when you made a call. No, no. I mean, the numbers represent something. They're not, they're not, they're not the be all and end all by themselves. People yeah. who are math people, I, I think, believe that. But the fact of the matter is they, they just represent something. They're a way of looking at things. So if uh, if 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 against empty uh, on on fourth and one, uh, the Rams were in nickel or dime, uh, you know, seventy five percent of the time, and and you felt like you could run the ball for one yard with Mixon, then all that does is give you a picture. It doesn't tell you that they're going to be in that defense. Right. It doesn't tell you that, you know, Mixon will gain the yard. It doesn't tell you that you can block Aaron Donald. 
Right. Uh, what, what it tells you is that, okay, in a broader sense of things, now make your play call based on what you think your best advantage versus yeah. versus them is. Not not the fact that 75% of the time they're going to be in, in one specific defense. So it, it is valuable. I'm not being a Luddite and decrying it. I'm just saying that. And he may not, he may coach, the Bengals coach may not have even thought that. He might, he might have thought he was stealing a possession, number one, and trying to get, you know, trying to steal some points in a game where, where he was the underdog. I can, I get that. My point is that to just treat it as, oh, well, he was aggressive. Let's applaud that. That's incorrect. Right. That, that's, that, that's a, that's a, uh, that, it's a turnover. Yeah, that's my only issue with, and a potentially reckless decision. Yeah, well, yeah, because if you, if if you if, as you say, the things that can go wrong are far more likely than the things that can that that will go right. You don't get it. You give away points. You lose a possession. It's a turnover, and you theoretically blow in the first four plays of the game your favorite fourth and one call. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well said. Um, let's, uh, let's turn to the officiating next, because that's the most, the next most controversial subject. Um, what is more important than peace of mind? Literally nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either and plans start at under four dollars per month so grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get up to 70 percent off your nordvpn plan plus one month additional for free it's also risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee so what are you waiting for head over to nord.com slash believe to get started today there, there's a larger issue here that um, Mike Pereira, interestingly, on my serious radio show cover last night, in some detail, um, I, I think the number, if you remove the penalty that everybody in America could have called, called when the non-active defensive back jumped into the celebration in the end zone for the yeah. – for, for for the Bengals, uh, you know, that one, you know, little kids could call, hey, that's a penalty. He's not yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah, right. That doesn't count. I think prior to the last two minutes of the game or the last drive of the game, there were three penalties. I think that's the right number. Yeah. Um, that's impossible. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. impossible. It doesn't happen um, in 60 minutes of football. And and the and the idea that that apologists for this philosophy of officiating have put forth uh, that the teams are really great teams, and so the further the deeper you go into the playoffs, the more disciplined the teams are, the less penalties they commit. 
absolute bunk. There's no truth to that whatsoever. Go watch the film. Right. Uh, so the, the officials, yeah, whether told to or not, and we don't we don't know what the instructions to them are. Um, simply don't want to call penalties in the playoffs. Mike pointed out that there's been an average of four penalties per game in the playoffs. That's preposterous. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jersey tugs are actually still illegal, aren't they? Yes, they are. But okay. T-shirt tugs are not, Rick. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. No, T-shirt tug, T-shirt tugs are illegal. No, I'm, 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 I'm joking. He's being facetious. I know you're being, being facetious. facetious. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, that means you've got so, 28 well, penalties right, across right, seven let's, games. Let's, let's back so we, up a we little. Got, so we got let a, me back we got up. A, we got a, we got a big it. problem here. Right. So let me ask you. Talk about your opinion of should you call the playoffs or the Super Bowl differently than you do other games? Or are there a thing called the rules of football and they should be applied even handedly every time? I'll give you um, a little history. Art McNally, who ironically enough and thankfully is going into the Hall of Fame um, this coming August. Uh, who's the patron saint and the father of football officiating, uh, always said that a foul in September is a foul in January. And, of course, February being an extension of January. That was the the approach that he believed the officials should take, and the competition committee ratified that four square every year I was on it. When Jerry Seaman replaced Art, he created something called the Super Bowl call, which was essentially make sure that this is a call that you're 100% correct on before you make it. The competition committee vociferously disagreed with that. Because we were getting, among other things, a rash of illegal contact and a rash of a holding and a rash of DPI uh, and a rash of defensive holding. So when Mike Pereira became the director of officiating, that philosophy changed. And we went back to the idea, at least the, the, at least the, the, the guidepost, that a foul in September is a foul in, in, in February. Um, after Mike left, Dean Blandino basically carried that out. But as replay has encroached on the game, as we have more and more mandated replay, every, every turnover, every touchdown is replayed. There are other situations where you know, uh, fumbles and things like that. Uh, you, you don't blow the whistle. You let the play go and, and get it on replay. As replay has encroached on the game um, and, and expanded, um, officials are loath to throw flags where it's, a, where it's a, you know, a 51-49 call uh, or even a 60-40 call. Because their feeling is, if it can be corrected by replay, it will. 
and and B, we don't want to decide the game. That's a natural human reaction. And the bigger the game, the more the more that human reaction comes to the fore. Um, so it's reasonable to assume that you'll get somewhat looser officiating in the playoffs or liberal is probably the best way to describe it officiating in the playoffs than you might during the regular season. It has nothing to do with the efficacy and the penalty free play of both teams. Let's, let's get that off the table right away. That's a talking point and it's bunk. It's not true. In fact, Scott Pioli was quoted in Sports Illustrated, uh, I'm sorry, in, on ESPN um, Plus the other day in an article uh, as saying the, um, the Patriots knew that officiating in the playoffs would be more liberal than it is during the regular season. And they taught techniques that took advantage of that. That's no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. But uh, but it's not not to you, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but it's been it's been verified uh, by a participant. So and good for them, you know, good for them for doing it. But here's the problem: the people who believe that a foul in September is a foul in February, and who teach their players to play that way, are at a disadvantage because the rules effectively change in the playoffs. And, and that's been egregious since Dean Blandino left as the, you know, and, and new directors of officiating have come in. And then on top of that, we have had two egregious misses in the Saints-Rams uh, game, championship game, two years ago and on Sunday huh. um, plays that again, your, your, your 14 year old nephew could have called from, from his couch. So um, that's a problem. And then Bengal fans have a right to bellyache because inside two minutes, they got a defensive holding call uh, or it, it was defensive holding. It was not illegal contact um, that had been let go. Yeah. The very same technique had been let go for forty uh, for uh, fifty eight minutes, yeah. and now they throw the flag. That's simply wrong. That's not the way to officiate. Mm -hmm. So it's a problem, and the league needs to address it. To the OPI slash face mask. Uh, Mr. Torbert is a very good lawyer, I'm told. It shows in the way he administers a game. Uh, apparently, in the post-game um, questioning from the uh, pool reporter, um, he answered the wrong question correctly. He said it didn't look to him like there was a grab and turn of the face mask, or it didn't look to the covering officials like there was a grab and turn of the face mask. Um, I would respectfully disagree, but he made a strong case. But that wasn't the question. The question was, was it OPI? Right. <laughs> and the answer was, it was OPI. Yeah. Uh, There's uh, no way to justify a non-OPI call in that situation. Because right. T. Higgins simply took Ramsey and threw him to the ground. 
and whether did, it was incidental or not is immaterial. Yeah, I, I mean, did what I didn't understand is when you're standing there watching that, did they think a world class athlete like Ramsey is running straight down the field and all of a sudden his feet go out from under him and he goes flying sideways? I mean, if there's not some other intervening force to stop his forward movement, what, what how did that happen? What threw him to the ground? Well, there's a school of thought that, and I have not seen the all 22 yet, so I can't attest to this, but there's a, people tell me that the two cover, that one of the covering officials, because of a new mechanic, which means that, that they have to stand still, that they don't run with the players anymore, that when the play went by the covering official and he was standing still, he was blocked out. Right. And the back, the field judge, I'm sorry, the back judge who should have had it was on the other hash mark. And but apparently looking at the play and should have seen the play. Yeah. But if it was missed, as was the case in the Ram uh in the Ram uh uh Saints game, uh with, with three officials looking at it. Um, then there's something wrong with the mechanics. You got to go back. So the, the larger question is not was it OPI? Yes, it was. Of course it was. A uh, hundred people in a bar, uh, inebriated or not, would have all agreed that it was OPI, <laughs> yeah. unless the bar happened to be in Cincinnati, and then only fifty percent might have agreed right. that it was right. OPI. Right. Right. Uh, the, the, the the fact of the matter is, it was OPI. There's no way to justify anything else. And if, in fact, it was a mechanic that caused the position, the covering officials to be out of position, that's a big, big, big problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it even felt to me like T. Higgins turned around and looked for the flag himself for a moment before he took off again. Well, Ramsey didn't seem upset because he knew he was going to get a flag. Yeah. But don't you think, did you see Higgins sort of pause and look at the ground? Because and he's like, oh, my God, I'm getting away with this. Oh, I'm going to make a touchdown. There is a, there's, there's, also a, there's also a larger issue involved that, that, that Torbert highlighted, I think, probably unintentionally in his, in his postgame remarks, where he said, well, we didn't think that it rose to the level of OPI. Oh, my God. Well, what do you need to get OPI? Does he need to take a crowbar to the yeah. defensive? You have back? to you have to remove your helmet and bite someone. Yeah, in order. See, uh, <laughs> no, it's it. What you have to do is, you, Scott, the the opening scene in the last Boy Scout. Yeah, when the yeah. when the when the Super Bowl, the one guy takes out a gun and shoots the guy who's covering him. That's what OPI <laughs> yes. is now, Bill. You, 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 lead has to fly. Yeah, I mean, not 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 to exaggerate the way you guys are, but. What does he have to do? Put him in a headlock? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the most egregious thing you could do. I mean, he kind of yeah. did. Right. He, he almost right. did. Yes. Right. Yeah. And beyond throwing some. Yeah. I mean, he threw. Now, it's, maybe it is good the rock. Well, that yeah, was it could be that they thought that the was rock, a wrestling. Yeah. That was yeah. They a thought the rock was going to start the second yeah, half. So exactly. you needed to open that was a, with a suplex. A, a suplex. Exactly. That's a, that's a wrestling move. And I and I saw his neck twist too. Anyway, so I know Bill, you're right. That's irrelevant. You don't even have to get that far. But he, tw- the guy's head turned, and he flung him to the ground. And it was the most 
egregious case of passive OPI I've ever seen, I think. And I'm not well, exaggerating with that. I'm not. OPI, yeah. The, 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 the egregious DPI in the Ram Saints game is, is another example of that. And now, now we've had two of those in, in three years, which tells us that we've and they were both game changing because that's a touchdown, obviously. And in the in the uh, in the Ram Saints game, the Saints did not get the ball and have the ability to to right. to, uh, to um, um, kill the clock and win the game and go to the Super Bowl. The what what's happened is we got a problem. You know, officiating department, you got a problem. Yeah. And 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 they need to realize it, and they mm-hmm. need to stop rationalizing. Yep. And and coming up with with you know convoluted explanations right. about well it didn't rise to the to degree this. of OPI and all this other stuff that everyone knows is nothing more than spin. Exactly. They, they need to recognize. If I were on the competition right. committee yep. at first meeting, <laughs> I would make this speech. Yep. Say so, you've got a problem here, it's, uh, and you it's, need to address it. The I think the the phrase going forward is New York. We have a problem. There you go. There you go. And, and and unless unless they get it straightened out, it, it's only going to get worse because you can't get any worse than have three or two flags for 58 minutes and then four in the last two minutes. That, right. That's the NBA. That, right. That's the other that's thing. That's the NBA. Right. And, and I mean, there's never a, been that way. And, and, and you're, you're also, many people know, a big baseball guy, right? I mean, different umpires, different strike zones, but the whole thing is call it consistently. Both teams, right. same way through the game. You can't change it. Oh, well, now it's close. It's in the ninth inning, so I'm going to call it differently. Well, yeah, because yeah. if you're not going to call OPI, that the questionable Cooper Cup call can't be called. That's correct. That's can't. absolutely correct. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest problem of all, the inconsistency, and, and they got to recognize it. They got to recognize it. I, now, I, I'm sure, knowing the people on the competition committee that I, as I do, I, I, I think they will certainly um, deal with it. And there's any number of ways to deal with it. One way is Sky Judge. Another is to take away the, the third challenge, which is largely meaningless anyway, that the coaches have. That was a sop to the coaches who wanted more replay. Uh, you know, if you get the first two right, you get a free third challenge. Take that away. And as Coach Belichick has suggested in the past, give them one free challenge on anything. Yeah. But and- but it the, the decision has to be made in real time, not super slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real time. Mm-hmm. You know, but that also shows, Bill, when you said before, you know, with the uh, the the, al- the excuses that they're using, oh, yeah, you're never going to be able to get rid of the human nature part. You talked about it. it's a big game. I, geez, I don't want to make the wrong call. But since a lot of things are not, cannot be caught by replay, you can't use that as an excuse to say, let replay catch it, because that's not even available on certain situations. So, you know, the, the officials have to officiate. Yes, they do. They, they cannot be ball spotters. No. And by the way, I, I personally think, since this crew is one of the crews that threw the lowest number of flags in the league, if not the lowest, I'm not sure where they rank. I don't they see were ranking. third from the bottom, third from the bottom. Okay. That sent a message to every other officiating crew. 
this is the best crew. In, this, this, this is the all-star cast, right? Yeah. These are the number one guys at their position. But it made that last two minutes seem even more inconsistent. So yes. if you know going into it, this is not an officiating crew that calls DPI. They've called this game a certain way. You have three penalties called at the time that the Cooper Cup situation happens. It makes it feel that much worse. It does because it's inconsistent. So, um, you know, the, 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 the bottom line is that um, they got a problem and, and, and they need to rectify it. And you cannot let these egregious misses stand some way or another. The larger problem it, it, it can't be dealt with in, in, in three weeks' worth of competition committee meetings. That, that's a larger problem of teaching and philosophy and things of that nature. But you cannot let the Rams-Saints game call just simply go by and say, well, it's breaks of the game. And then this particular play take place and say, oh, well, that's the breaks of the game. No. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's that would be right. That that's wrong. Right. right. What are you going to do? Reward them with letting that crew call the next Super Bowl? Well, I, I felt as much as I love Bill Vinovich as an official and a guy, and he was the official in the Rams, um, Saints game. I would have suspended the whole crew. Yeah. For at least one week the following season, if not yeah. longer. To send a message yeah. that you can't miss this. You can't miss it. Yeah. Because. Vinovich should have called everybody together and said, hey, we sure we don't have anything on this play? Anybody see anything? Yeah. You know, it, it, you, 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 can't, you can't let that just shrug your shoulders and say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's the breaks of the game. No, that's, you know, there has to be some accountability because that's the big, the, the, the thing the coaches, the coaches complain about most and general managers complain about most in a survey that's sent out by the competition committee every year is a consistency and b no accountability. Mm -hmm. And, and we saw that on, on perfect crystal clear display on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so something needs to be done. That's my two cents worth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so it's worth less than that, but that's, uh, two cents plain. <laughs> what do you what do you make of all the sort of I mean, this is probably because I'm knee deep in uh, Super Bowl blueprints. But what do you make of all the retirement talk that's coming out of Los Angeles? Like McVay kind of openly talk because, I mean, you, it makes you think of the Marv Levy sort of if you're thinking about retiring. You're probably you're retired. retired. Yeah. Uh, no, no. A I, lot I, of guys think, talking about it. I think I think. In both cases. And in Kyler Murray's case, with a little, a little bit more, you know, blather on a, on a, on a, on a different, in a, in a different idiom, so to speak, um, the it's all about money, <laughs> right? You know, yep. get my contract right, and I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's what it's about. Yeah. Okay. All right, Scott. I'm not gonna. You, I'm not gonna tell you what. Right. What I about the, the famous, famous retirement. It, well, I told Scott. The, the day, the, and I know it's the popular thing now, but Scott will back this up. I told him off the air when the first uh, Brady retirement thing leaked, I said to him, 
Brady's gone to San Francisco, and now everybody thinks. I don't know if it will happen. In my I, life, Rick Schaefer is definitely going to be the first person who said, <laughs> I think this is a ploy to get to the 49ers. <laughs> All right, thank you, Scott. Thank you. Well, but okay, let's let's address that because it's 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 out there and it's current. We don't know if there's any truth to it. But again, let me let me dispel some myths. He is not free to go wherever he I wants to go. That. Right? The right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers own his rights, and as of now, he's still on their roster. So if he or his representatives are talking to anybody else, that's tampering to begin with. And now I know it's rampant in the NBA, and I know we just went through the the, the annual Harden, or and, maybe semi-annual Harden. I don't want to be here deal. And there's a legal uh, there's a legal challenge that has said that Bra- there was tampering with Brady last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yes, there but the, 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 there is absolutely no question that the uh, that the uh, uh, Bucks own his rights. And will, even if he submits his retirement papers. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. But, but the way that strategically thinking back as an agent, how do I try and force the hand saying, okay, I, I have all the money I need. If they won't trade me, I really will retire. But why I'm Tom Brady, they can get a lot for me. This is the leverage I have by saying, I'll just sit out. And I really will. It's because the last place I want to go, you know, New York, LA for my career, you're not going to play in either of those places. I would come from there. I grew up there, fan. Yeah, they snubbed me, but this would be the ultimate. That's how I would do it, right? If I were his agent, if I were Don Yee saying, okay, how do we retake the leverage? Saying, okay, look, you want to get something out of my rights, which you still have, or it's it? Fine, I'm going off to be with Giselle and the kids. Be my guest. Right. If I'm, if I'm the GA, if I'm Jason Light, be my guest. Enjoy retirement. So well, then then you get, but you do get maybe you get something for him. Well, maybe you get Jimmy G and some picks. Exactly, that's my thing. Well, for Tom Brady, you know what I would demand for Tom Brady. Well, okay, this for a team, but but now he would where he would give the team a very legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'd demand? What three ones and Jimmy G? Okay, all right. Why is he any less valuable? Why is he any less valuable than Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson? Well, it gets into the argument of you can only win the one in the season that you're in, but you're probably only going to get one out of Brady. You could get more yeah. out of Watson. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to devalue the Lombardi Trophy. Well, you're right. I mean, look, I think I think you are different points of view, and I'm an agent, and you're your general manager, and we're going to disagree over that. But you know, I'm just saying. And in it, by the way. I don't see why, and I used to say. Uh, by the this, way, uh, by the way, you're in the same conference we are. Yeah, right, we true. might meet well, you but, in the conference championship. Well, let's wait, just wait say it's now you know, four but, ones. Right, but officially retiring never makes any sense anyway. You you can just not play. You don't play, and it's so over. What? You what don't want to have to unretire. You you have to apply to unretire. You you know yeah. just stop playing. Nobody should retire. Officially. And let's just say some of us are very comfortable giving up three ones to maybe get Russ. Well, that's that's another issue. But <laughs> that's a you know my position as a GM. I get you. Is always I'm handing you in the conference a reasonable chance to win the Super Bowl. I get it. It's going to cost you a king's ransom and a queen's ransom. <laughs> 
and they don't have the facts to do it. it. This is uh, this is what makes for good conversations. Well, and the other problem for the 49ers is they don't have picks. Well, then it's forget it. <laughs> right. It's just that's really, true. That's true. Unless they or, do or let's, well, let's uh, start, let's start with Bosa and, <laughs> and, 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 and Debo. You know, oh uh, well, okay. Yeah, right. right? Now, now, yeah, we're, you don't yeah. have picks. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, now, you know, Brady can't do it alone. <laughs> well, I what do I care? I know, I know. That's it's, not my worry. That's it, your worry. But, but you, you, that would be that's right. That's right. But hey, that is the that is the only last thing that would top his career. That's it. I mean, that that you know that would be the capper. There's no place. He's not going any other place. So, well. The NFL is not a charity, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know. But you would would admit that the NFL would love to have Tom Brady play for one or two more years. Well, what what the hell do I care? I know you don't care. What do I care what the NFL is? This is the same. Wait a minute. This is the same league that gave you the rock. They want Tom Brady back. Hey, Bill, one other sort of total hypothetical question, because obviously I've been reading the book, and this is a unique blueprint to get to a Super Bowl. This is clearly a we're mortgaging the future to get this one and maybe the next one, and then we are going to be in all kinds of purgatory in 2023-24. How do you think this team stacks up against some of the other sort of iconic teams? My takeaway was this is a team where if you guys have played them you know, the Bills teams had gotten to play this Rams team, you, you'd have a couple of rings. I mean, I, I don't think this is an all-time kind of team. Well, this particular Rams team, first of all, when you compare it to our Bills teams, we were pre-salary um, cap. Exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. And pre-free agency. Yeah. So Given. that changes everything. You can't yeah. compare those two things. We did do... Uh, we did do the, the, the Colts, you know, the post free agent, the Peyton Manning Colts, um, only to draw a comparison. And, and we were going to do the Bill Cowher Steelers, but we just ran out of space. Uh, and we, we, we'd already done the, you know, the steel curtains. So the publishers thought, well, leave it where it is, but the, the post free agency and pre-free agency yeah, are that's, that's two, fair. Different, two different yeah. things, yeah. but completely different. Having said that, um, I think this Rams team as presently constituted um, is probably really pretty good among the better teams we've had in recent years because Everybody's flawed. So what's their flaw? Well, their flaw is number one, left guard, and essentially right tackle in pass protection. And Haverstein, to his to his his credit, is is really a tough, gritty guy. So against power rushers that, that he faced on Sunday. You know, he hung in there pretty good. Speed guys give him problems. Um, the left guard is, is you know, he's, that's a liability. Um, but the Bengals didn't take advantage of it. 
unfortunately. And I think had they had Oak and Joby, maybe it maybe it's a, a, a little more of an even game. Um, their linebackers are not, neither one of them are are, are great. Um, but since we've expanded the field to 53 and a third yards, and we're now throwing it 40 and 50 yards down the field, we're, we're down basically to two linebackers anyway. Right. You know, it, it, we, we now have two linebackers, and many of them um, are multifaceted athletes as opposed to the Dick Butkus, Ray Nitschke type mm-hmm. of linebacker in, in years past. Um, so they're not as important as they as they used to be, as the running game has decreased in importance. So have the so have the job of, of linebackers. Um, so even though you're not great at linebacker, you don't have an all pro there. You don't have a Luke Keekley there. Um, um, it, it's not that dispositive. If you have Keekley, it's a real plus. But but if you have less than him, it's not this positive unless they're just slugs and 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 nobody really you know neither of those teams have slugs. In fact, the the Bengals linebackers are outstanding. Um, and then in the secondary, um, the Rams uh, corner opposite Ramsey and one safety are are not great players. Um, but that's three weaknesses, three pretty glaring weaknesses, uh, which is about par for the course for everybody. That's what free agency does. There are no more complete teams. So if you flip it the other way and you look at it the way Les Snead looked at it, his draft choices are all low. and, And no matter where they finish this year, they were going to probably make the playoffs. So, so it was going to be below 20 anyway. Statistically, again, using analytics, analytics over time tells you that in any given draft, there are no more than 20 first rounders. So if you're drafting below 20, the chances are you draft in a second round player. And, and so that pick is really devalued. I really call it a high second rather than than a first, and and then ultimately he's getting tra- uh, players who who are the best at their position. Matthew Stafford is uh, you know while not among the top six in the league is within the top ten when he was in Detroit. And the only reason he was not in the top six was because Detroit was so lousy in every other area. Once they got rid of Jim Caldwell. He was in the top six or seven when Jim Caldwell was coaching there um, with, with, without receivers. So now he comes to the Rams and, and he's got Cup and, and he's got uh, the USC kid that's hurt. He's got um, Woods. He's got Woods. Beckham. He's, he's yeah, got – It's Woods back. And then Woods is replaced by Beckham at no yeah. cost. Right. Uh, and, and, and so – that was a that was a heck of a deal, and and then uh, you have and drafted a, a generational all time talent 
I mean, I don't think there's Aaron Donald. There's no one in the league today, and there's no one in my memory going back to Joe Green that has as big an effect on the game in both phases running passes Aaron Donald. Um, so you drafted him, and now you add to that Floyd, who you drafted. So now you got two bona fide rushers, and so now you give up what amounts to small change for Von Miller, yeah. who completes the picture. Now you got three people that basically can't be blocked one-on-one. It, you could get a big power guy who, if he got his hands on Floyd, might, might, might be able to stymie him. But if Floyd's on the move, he's, he, it's hard to block him. And the other two can't be blocked one-on-one, period. Right. So um, you've created – a, a mismatch at the most important part. If, if you're, if you're going, if you want to affect the passing game, which is uh, right where the ball is snapped, <laughs> right? That, that's why the three technique is so important because the quarterback handles the ball on every play and he's the defender closest to the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so that's number one. And then number two, you know, that every, offense has a go-to guy there are very few teams kansas city being one of them buffalo being another um, that have two receivers that that really are equal and 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 who can make plays and buffalo's guy has only emerged over the last year or so you know we know we know what 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 the number one guy is uh, so you got ramsey who can who can take away most every receiver, most every number one in the league. And, and so um, you got at the positions of, 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 of influence, biggest influence, you got players mm-hmm. who are incredibly good and are the best at their position. And you got them with picks that are, you know, where you couldn't pick them. Now, they, they pick up in the third round and that God bless them. I mean, that, that's a, that's yeah. a great pickup. Yeah. It's Andre Reed, you know, that you, yeah. you're going to get, if you do a good scouting job, you're going to get those guys occasionally, but not, not always. So bottom line is, I think that's, that's good strategy. Now, how do you deal with the time in 24 20, and 20, 23, 24 and 25 when you don't have ones and and Cup is aging, and Aaron is 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 about to wrap it up, and 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 Miller's about to wrap it up. Then then the team has probably a precipitous fall when those all those guys are finished. But that's going to be true anyway. That's going to be true anyway. So you know, teams, championship mm-hmm. teams, right? Out of the mouth of Phil Jackson and Bill Bradley, have seven year lifespans. Yeah. Eight, if you're very lucky, and 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 in the free agency era, always t- in and salary cap, and tougher. always being eroded yep. in the process because exactly. of free agency. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I I don't I don't see any reason why um, they wouldn't do it, and I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was um, great use of picks. It the whole idea of draft picks, so-called draft capital, is to add good players to your team or great players to your team. And they did it. 
doesn't matter how old the guys are. Right. As long as they can still play and be great players, that's what that that capital is for. And the idea that you you use a, a mid to low level draft choice and get a 10 year player is nonsense. We right. did it with Anthony Costanzo in, in in Indianapolis. You know how often that happens? Not often. Yeah. Not often. Not often. You know, everybody says, oh, we want this guy to play 10 years. You know what the average lifespan of a, of a really good player is? Eight. Yeah. Go yeah. look up the Hall of Famers and see how many, yep. especially in the modern era, played more than eight years or more than, than, than six to seven years of peak performance. That, that, that's the most important analytic. Mm -hmm. How many years do you have peak performance? Yeah, the old Branch Ricky. It's rather better to get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late. Bill Belichick's done that forever. Or two so, years too early. Yeah. So the, the bottom line is this idea of the ten-year career that's going to be at the top the whole time. That doesn't exist. That's another myth. Right. So short answer: Les did it. Les did a great job, and right. and they'll deal with twenty-three and twenty-four when when the time comes. And guess what? They'll have cap room. And they'll be and, and you can fill some holes with free agency, not everyone, but you can fill some with free agency. So conc so c conclude your answer. You know what Scott asked. How do you rank them? I mean, I, I think they're I think they're a really good team. I think they're a really good team. I thought Tampa Bay was a really good team. And, uh, you know, the fact that they advanced beyond Tampa Bay in, in the playoffs is based on one call where. Obviously, somebody didn't or a group of people didn't get the word. You can argue with the call. I do. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were every bit as good as Tampa Bay. Um, Your Colts you teams, would that 06 Colts team would have given them a world of problems with Red. Yeah, we would, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, and here's the other thing. If Beckham doesn't get hurt. Different deal. That game is not close. Uh-uh. Because they didn't, the, the Bengals didn't have anybody who could cover back. But to me, if you've got a really great tight end and you've got a really good second receiver, you can give them real trouble. Yeah, absolutely, you can. Sure, and and but but they're 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 a good team. They're they're a good team. Very deserving. Yeah. There we go. Well, maybe there'll be a team for uh, Super Bowl Blueprints too. You never know. Could be in the sequel. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, we're in a different, you know, we're in a different era yeah. too. We're in a different era. And yeah. then after after that, the movie version of Super Bowl Blueprints. Hey. We're waiting for that. It actually would make a really good documentary, but that's a conversation I, I, for another yeah. day. All right. You All right. Well, we blew through our agenda for the second half of the show, so we'll dive into some of the off-season coaching hires in next week's show. A lot of stuff we needed to cover in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. It was, All right. this, was, this was a fun one. Stay, be well, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl despite the flaws. See you guys. <laughs> Take care. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.